Microphone check one two. Uh, Back like Musana. Did you miss us? We are back here at the podcast. Yo, Dan, do you follow King Jason? So, like, he's a former radio host. He's like an electrical electrician in the UK. Probably on the tweets because like people send him food to rate and stuff like that. So he's been touring Zoom. But the weirdest thing is, in his natural talking voice, what it seems like he still talks like the radio. So like he's like, "Hey guys, we're currently in Quackware. This is where I grew up. Where I went to school for the first two years of uh, my matriculation. It seems the city's still doing well. It's great, and I'm really happy to be back in Zimbabwe." And then we're like, "Call four nine two four nine eight six five four. Do radio people talk like that in natural? Like. Have you ever come across like a radio person that just talks like Yes, that? I have several. Uh, I won't even name them. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Kimble people that speak like that. <laughs> no, Kimball is the opposite. Kimball doesn't change for radio. I know, <laughs> I lie. He does. <laughs> I, lie. I lie. You know, it's like, ladies, ladies, if you're tuning in right now. Anyway, we are speaking over the sounds of Cairo. This song is a banger. Have you ever decided? I'm not. Gotta, gotta set the energy Gotta set the energy You know I, I was gonna start With the new sexy red But she decided to Show her ass Literally Twice in a week <laughs> Can you confirm Phil The what The colors That she mentions Are, are they accurate <laughs> They are indeed <laughs> Yo, her publicist had a week. <laughs> Last week, ah, fam. You know, came into that brainstorm session. Like, okay, guys, yo, these Donald Trump comments, uh, they're killing us right now in the streets. She's like, Don't worry, I got the solution. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Okay, I'm going to get into it. We, we're going to have to talk so, about so, celebrities. So did that guy in that video. That's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm talking about comments. We're going to get into it. We're going to... <laughs> okay, we're gonna get into it. Let's ah, especially this week, yo. Celebs are showing. Wait, am, I, am I plugged in here, Philip? No, you're not. Yo, guys, you know, <laughs> staying up to date with current affairs, it's not required. But if you didn't want to weigh in, you no, need to have no. a little bit of an understanding. You no, know, we're gonna we're gonna talk about it. We're gonna talk mm. about it. Okay, hang on, Phil. Hang on, Phil. I need to I need to confirm that. Um... Are we recording? Are we in the middle of the episode? We are, already? We are recording. Right oh, wow. This is what our listeners have been clamoring for. Our patrons have been complaining. Once again, I don't know if you guys can hear this, but we are actually in the same location <laughs> for the first time in quite some time because we were like, you know what, going forward, we need to give you guys a quality experience. That wasn't the reason, but look, uh, <laughs> well, that's also until, a bonus. I, until we find another solution, this might be <laughs> this, this might be the new normal for the foreseeable future. <laughs> ah, shame, man. I'm so I'm so sorry to the listeners, man. People have DM me who've never DM me in their lives, and and I'm I'm so sorry that this is how it was. Um, stuff was happening. I indeed, indeed, a lot stuff a, was happening. A lot's been happening. You no, know, life's been happening, and we're we're a small outfit. You know, we're literally just a three man team. 
we are we are we are sixty six percent of that team. So when things go left, they, it, it takes a lot to, to you know get get things back on track. And and we're not um, yeah, so we're not we're not a, a huge organization. You know what I'm saying? We don't have backups, and it's just yeah, no, that's it. Look, we're gonna get into stuff. Uh, I just need to uh, act like we're we're testing things here. See, I knew it. I knew it, Phil. We don't have it. everything up here. There we go. Give me that. Tell me how this sounds. We haven't even we haven't even tested for that. It's very loud, but but now it's too loud. No, nah, that's fine. That's fine. No, just to start it on a on a G level. So, what about DJing? Is we've gone from Cairo. <laughs> That was just testing. I just found the to first, Pink Panther. the first song Pink, that I could Pink find. Is- I just went to most played, and then I just played the first song. That's, that- that's your most played song. <laughs> that's a joke, man. Nah, <laughs> ah, 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 ah. Why? No, no. Fam. Why was that the first song that, that you you don't play? Explain. I know. Saying, I have questions. It was the most played. That's all. Anyway, guys, I think it's time we start the show. Dan, are you good to go? Oh, Jamita. I don't have my usual. I've got the soundboard here. Dan, are you good to go? I, I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Look, good enough. What did I want to do? What did I want We know this is what you had missed. We're here for you. We're here to give you exactly what you want. Okay, okay. Right. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast. We are back after a long time away. My name is Danny That Guy, aka Yo my god, what do I say? Danos da- Danos the Mad Titan, aka Denford Rick Baraini, aka Danim be my life your entertainment, aka I'm done with these streets. Never let me be a Will Smith in my life, please. Yo. I beg. Aka Akuna Moon when the Dan move. That's right, that's right, that's right. And it's here with only the unmistakable, the irrefutable, the unquestionable, the undeniable. Phil Chad, a.k.a. Flip Boss, the big boss, the big pizza, a.k.a. Sexton and Lovu, a.k.a. Filthy Phil, a.k.a. DJ Mkarji, and of course, <clears throat> oh wait, Pillow the Mask, I'm taking away headlines, and of course, Asham, Wari, D, 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 Dengere, Wadringi. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of your favorite podcast. We are back, and I know we've been away for a couple of weeks. Our bad. Look, stuff was happening, but uh, let's just all be happy that we're back here. And also, can you really feel aggrieved if you haven't been paying? I'm looking at you people who haven't been paying, even though you're claiming that you should be paying. Those of you who have been paying, we would like to express our deep and unreserved regret and our apologies to you for not bringing you the regular podcast as you had grown accustomed to. That was our bad. And, uh, you know, I would love to say it's never going to happen again. But let me let me put it this way. We're going to do our best to make Dan, sure it doesn't we happen We are again. still in the top 10 in Nigeria, even after missing a week. We, we can't let our Nigerian fans down. Listen, we can't let our Oga down. We got mm. you, all right? The love wars in the comments right now. Let us know. 
All right. Um, look, let's start with Zimbabweans doing it big, uh, even though we've got uh, other Africans who are also tuned in. Uh, so I'm going to list uh, a bunch of people who have yes. made headlines in the past couple of weeks. I think have we ever did it in terms of, of our updated strategy? We need to, I think maybe uh, sharing our strategy with our producer might be. That might be a good idea. Yeah, yeah, we'll get into it. But for now, um, let's, let's shout out some Zimbabweans doing big things. Let me start off with uh, Shasha, who was nominated for the Sama Rest of Africa Award. Ish, rough, man. They dropped her like that. Rest of Africa. Sure. Anyway, for her song, I'm Alive, she's nominated alongside... I think it was the album then. Album. Uh, sorry, album, I'm Alive, alongside Davido, Stike, Laya, Fer, Feregola, and Moreira Chonguicha. Mm, mm. Is, is this, is this, a, is this a, a voted category? Is this... I believe Shasha is in Rest of Africa, yo. What else would she be? I mean, fine, she's of... She still has a green bomber, but she doesn't... Her passport doesn't change. Actually, a green bomber. But all her music is like... Anyway, it's all right. She still has a what? <laughs> Damn, Shasha. I, I hate they had to do you like that, but still, 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 congratulations on the nomination. Um, also, since we're talking about uh, young Zimbabwean female artists, huge shout out to Tammy Moyo. Now... I haven't seen any video of this. Should we phone her? Let's do that. But my phone is connected. Call her. Call her. I have not. Sp- the last conversation I had with Tammy, you know about. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter. Just call her. <laughs> so that we can understand what's going on. Anyway, while we call Tammy, you see Tammy had been slated to perform uh, in Atlanta at the Atlanta's 50 Years of Hip Hop event um that has already happened i believe i, I believe that i believe that's the correct number let's, let's see let's, let's now this is really this is a cold call years away sure hello hi is this tammy Moore? yes this is tammy hi hi tammy you're speaking to phil i'm here with dan Dan asked me to call you because we're celebrating your, your recent achievement. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Before we, before we go Sorry? any further, Tammy. <laughs> Tammy, this, yes. is, this, is, this, is, this is Danny. Hi, Danny. Please, can you just say Saturday for us on the podcast? Okay. All you need me to say is Saturday. Okay, cool. No, it's just, she says it weird. Can you hear it, Phil? Saturday. Why are we accosting this? I oh, know. Sorry, 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 sorry. The actual reason we're calling you is to celebrate you. But and I also realize I don't have um, um, correct information. Did you perform in Atlanta, Tammy? Okay. Did I perform in Atlanta? Yes, I did. Oh snap! Hey, congratulations. Uh, we were just talking about we have, as you know, we have a segment in our podcast that we call Zimbabweans doing it big. So I have a news item here that says Tammy performed in Atlanta. And I was trying to find the video and I couldn't find it. So I was like, let me call her first and, 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 uh, and confirm that before. Yeah, there's no footage right now because the, the footage is in the mayor's office. Hey. As of now. Hey. Hey. Tim is getting security clearance from the footage. Hey. Footage in the mayor's office. No, congratulations, Sammy. How, <laughs> how did it go? Thank you, guys. It was all right. It was a different experience. Um, different from the usual. Um, there's a lot of different people. Uh, yeah, I think that's all I have to say. <laughs> oh, we, we'll wait for the footage. 
appreciate that, Tammy. Thank you for for yeah, for confirming that and uh, dope performance at uh, Jacaranda Music Festival. Thank you, guys. Thank you for supporting always. I saw you at Jacaranda. Yeah, shop shop. All right, thanks. Bye. <laughs> Why are you chasing off the phone? Okay. I mean, bye, we did, we did, yeah, oh, bye, we didn't have an appointment with her. We just <laughs> bye, Tammy. Thanks, Tammy. Thanks for taking the call, even though it's out of the blue. Blame Dan for that, by the way. No, it's all right. Okay, cool beat, guys. Have a good one. See you Saturday. All right. <laughs> okay, bye-bye. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so, so Tammy was performing on Saturday. There you go. We're back in the streets. First, it rang twice then. We, are, we still have pool in these streets. <laughs> what are you talking about? We still have pool in these streets. W- one of the top artists in the country just answered the call to confirm something. Can, can journalists even do that? No. No one is even writing true stories of what's going on. <laughs> Listen, if there's a journalist who's tuned into Two Broke Twimbles right now, you have verbal confirmation of Tammy Moyer herself saying that she performed in Atlanta at their 50 Years of Hip Hop event. Is Tammy hip hop? Look, that's a whole other conversation, but that's not important. What's important is that music that has, a lot of music that is connected. Let's put it that way. Black music across the world has come mm. together and, and, you know, people in America are now recognizing even some of our own African artists. So congratulations to uh, to uh, Tammy Moyo over there. What up, what up, what up? All right. Uh, and oh yeah, I want to wait for the footage. Quite, quite keen to see how it went down in, in the Americas. Let's move forward. So this past week, there was uh, an announcement of um, the next uh, Big Brother UK participants. Ooh. And then... One of the people announced. So they, they announce a person. They post the uh, they post the you know the picture and they're like, oh yeah, the next person is Noki Simbani, former uh, Miss Universe Great Britain 2020. Like literally last year, she was Miss Universe for Great Britain. And uh, someone just posted, I know it's Zimbabwe when I see one, which I thought was a ha 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 ha. But then I just did a quick Google and I was like, oh snap, she is Zimbabwean and she was she was Miss Universe for Great Britain last last year and then now she's in. In, so now, now she's already on the Big Brother re- reality TV circuit. <laughs> I mean, yo, just uh, uh, you know, let's, let's be positive. We are celebrating people, but okay. But yeah, I'm looking at her photo. I'm like, yep, yep, that's a Zimbabwean, all right. <laughs> that's not an insult, by the way. No, yeah, she's beautiful. Yeah, yeah. but she, but I I know like eight others Zim girls. <laughs> anyway, shout out to her, and then. Um, I mean, oh yeah! Shout out to Sunu Gonera, who has created a TV series called Parish, which is about a Zimbabwean, which I think is 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 quite wild. Let me just do a quick read up on this. Um, Parish, US TV show. Um, Parish is a TV series co-created and executive produced and directed by Zimbabwean-born filmmaker Sunu Gonera. Uh, it's going to premiere on AMC Networks and AMC Plus, um, and let me see. Uh, she soon previously directed multiple episodes of Snowfall. Oh, oh all right. Mm, cool, mm, cool, cool, mm, cool, 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 mm. cool. Oh, okay, he's been out here. All right, all right, all right. And uh, the, the premise of the show is apparently a Zimbabwean drug dealer. Well, a, Zim- a Zimbabwean gangster who is in the US. Oh, okay. So. Uh-oh. I don't like that. I don't like that because <laughs> that, that, that's like yes, we're, I, we're, we're fighting for our lives out in these streets, bro. You know what I'm saying? Did you see that BBC documentary? 
about 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 obligation to do that. No, no. Oh yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. Ah, nah, I saw that. Where where the lady was crying. <laughs> I, what did I say? <laughs> like fab, yo, I don't like. You gotta have a lot of like for you to hate someone so much. It brings you to tears. Like you, like she could have just, like that. She could be having a good day, and then like you and I are walking down. Like Jan Smuts, and we said, "Condemn that!" Should he say, "Oh, you blind foreigner"? <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Um, uh, yeah, that's Zimbabweans doing it big. Look, um, I don't think we, there's really any need to catch up from the last episodes. Maybe the good news that the the writer strike is over. No, the writer's strike is over, but the actor's strike is still going on and Ayatsi, which is the the cruise, mm-hmm. that's still going on. Yeah. Or they're about well, to strike. Yeah, it, 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 it's two weeks now. So uh, John Oliver has come back with a bang. <laughs> you know, Seth Meyers and Delica are back to... Stephen Colbert is all over my YouTube feed once again. Granted, some of the, the messaging is, 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 is sharing is problematic. To, is it? What did he say? It's, uh, let's just say there's a lot happening. The whole, a, the whole a, Israel Palestine. There's thing. a conflict happening, and it does not seem they're well informed. Okay, look. <laughs> okay, okay. This this is not what we talk about in here. I want to talk about celebrities and these conflicts. Mm. So first of all, right off the bat, I am not even going to attempt to try and explain something that I don't have full understanding of. I feel like I do. I feel like I've read a little bit. But I can't claim that I've read a lot and I can have a full understanding of everything that's going on. And I, not to say you're wrong, but I think the fear of even just that has a lot of people hesitant to come because people are like, but you're not well read. Granted, ideally people should be well read. But there's also just basic principles. And I think people often forget that and they default to, I'm not well read. Or because other people use it as a weapon against them. When there are basic principles that I think as humans, we should all be able to agree on, right? I've heard that argument, but I, I strongly disagree with the way it's being applied. Because people are saying, basic principles, we shouldn't kill children. Of course, that's a basic principle. But what the difficult part where not being well-read comes in is, what's actually happening? What's been happening? What's the context of what's I'm, happening? I'm, I'm even talking from a, from a bigger, like as like 10,000 feet away, where as... Um, my simple thing is, if a state did not exist before World War II, and for thousands of years, a certain group of people lived in a piece of land, and then people came together, were like, you know, okay, we know these guys don't have land. We screwed up because there was a lot going on, so we're going to give you guys some land. However, this land is occupied, but you guys figure it out. Correct. <laughs> but there's a lot more nuance to it, because... There's children and innocents in that space who are not involved in. They just born in this space, but they just live in this space. That's, I think you're you're right, but my my whole thing is simply like, as Zimbabweans, we understand this perfectly. My point. Okay, I'll give you an example. The same example. Let me use Zimbabwe as an example. And I, this is for me to try and and try and help explain that it actually is. People say it's not complex. People are hiding behind it being complex because they want to hide their you know their uh, um, sympathy towards apartheid and whatever. And I think, like, hang on, it actually is complex. Zimbabwe, okay, back in the 1960s and 70s, Zimbabwe was at war. Then Rhodesia. The native residents of Zimbabwe were fighting against colonizers who were oppressing them. 
from a 10,000 kilometers away or whatever, that's the view. Even when you hone in, people are fighting to break out of the oppression that they're under, colonialism. Now, if a group of guerrillas who are fighting for freedom go and bomb a school where there's white kids at, is that wrong or right? There's no simple answer to that. It's complex. I think you, you miss it. I Hear me out. Go, and I'm not comparing the two. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to highlight that complexity does exist whenever there's, especially in a place where there's been conflict for decades. So I think it's okay for someone to say, listen, I don't think it's right that this or that happens. Cool. But I stand with, I stand with, it's okay for me to say, I don't know who I stand with because I, don't, I haven't read enough or I don't understand enough. So give me a chance to go and figure out what's going on and then I'll let you know who I stand with. But in terms of what is right and what is wrong, sure, of course, we, there's basic human principles. But how can you say I stand with, how can you say I stand with Palestine when you haven't even read or understand what's going on? Or how can you say I stand with Israel when you haven't read or understood what's going on? At least understand a basic amount, l- read a little bit more, then come up to a conclusion. And that's kind of my rant that there's so many people who are quick to express who they stand with. And I'm like, r- why not rather condemn what you want to condemn as opposed to showing who you stand? Because it's not, it's not that cut and dry. In the, in the example we're using of Rhodesia, Zimbabwe, I stand with the people of Zimbabwe trying to get their, their freedom. Cool. If you say, I stand with Zimbabwean guerrilla fighters after they bomb a school. Look, I stand with Zim, but it's a little bit complex. And the flip side is, you can't say I stand with the, with the, the, the colonizers who are also trying to, do you know what I mean? It's like, it's complex. But so I, read first and understand and then come to I, I think I think, though I get where you're coming from, I think it's a little misled for the reason that Hamas is not Palestine. Understood. Perfect, perfect example is Someone needs to know that to be able to come to a conclusion. That's, that's kind of my point. So for, there's a lot of people, judging from the statements that I've seen, who aren't able to make that distinction. And all it would take for them was to make a quick Google. What is Hamas? And then come to a conclusion. Do you get what I mean? So that's kind of my point. It's okay to say, hey, my day-to-day life doesn't include details of Hamas and Palestine and Israel. So I don't know how to give a correct answer to you. So... I'm not going to give you a comment. I think that's okay. And then there's so much pressure. You're going to sit there and ask someone who spent their whole day thinking about how do I buy chains or damn, which, who, how many people like my Instagram? And then now they're on the spot like, who do you stand with? And then you're like, ah, you see. And I'm like, listen, this person must say, hey, I haven't read enough about the situation to give you an answer. In the meantime, can I tell you about my latest single? And we move on. I think, once again, it's not that, how do I put it? The, the, this is going to ruffle a lot of us, but the conversation has been shifted so much, especially in that regard, where yep. you can't even give an almost neutral answer because anything that is not vehemently in support of the Israeli state can be deemed and has been deemed as anti-Semitism, which I find very problematic and very concerning. And it's not; it, it's been ongoing. And I was definitely in your position. I remember I was in your position, I think maybe uh, almost a decade ago. And I started reading up on it. And the more you read up on it, the more concerning it gets because especially... So you're, you're proving my very point. No, you're, you're, I, I get you. But I'm, what I'm also saying is that even then, I knew that, wait a minute, fundamentally, okay, 
there's a conflict, there's a Gaza Strip. Why the why is the conflict in the Gaza Strip? Wait, these guys are saying it's their land. What 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 determination do they have of this land? Ultimately, it's based on two things: Bible and the Oslo. Most recently, the Oslo Accords. Let's 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 not say the Bible. Let's rather say assumed ancient history. Assumed yeah. ancient history, and. There's no nuanced conversation even happening there to say like, okay, how do we reconcile? Literally, exactly what I'm saying. Yeah, but what there is what, nuance that's needed? Yes, but and, and so, I think when you say there's no nuance, it's actually very simple. Are you against apartheid or not? Of course, of course, I'm against apartheid and oppression. But but when, when you say I that, don't know how to apply in this particular instance because my date. I, I, I actually strong, I, I had a long think about this. I can't remember if I spoke about, I didn't speak about it on the podcast. I was speaking to some, some poor, unfortunate person. Maybe it was even at Jacaranda Festival who's trying to enjoy it. And I'm just busy saying, listen, for millennia, for millennia, um, human beings have only ever known or cared about what's in their immediate vicinity. For thousands of years, all I ever knew about in my life was what's happening, not even in my town, in my neighborhood. Or in my village. One or two people in the area, that you'll know of them as the eccentric person who once traveled to another place. So they're aware of more than just what's immediately around me. But my entire thought, my entire, I don't even know what's happening in the capital city of my country or whatever. It's just, that's what the majority of the human population was for years. TV came up. Now we start caring. We're in Africa. We care a little bit about things happening in, in America, a little bit about things happening in Europe, but not that much still. It's mostly just what's happening at home. The internet has made us care about things that are happening all over the world. And that's not a bad thing, but it, you can't care and you can't intimately know and understand the nuances and understand uh, everything about everything all the time. So most people, by far the majority of people don't know what's happening in Israel and Palestine. The only things they've heard are sound bites that are coming from news. News is biased as we all know, or the people that they follow on social media or someone else who's just as misled. So it's so difficult to come out and say, wow, I can't believe you support this because you said this. Yes, I do believe that it's the responsibility of whoever is making a statement to know what they're talking about, which is why I'm saying rather say, guys, I don't know. If you do know, make a statement based on what you know. But if you don't know, this is now we're ending up with people posting, I stand with Israel and then deleting. Or uh, who was it? I think it was Jamie Lee Curtis who posted, uh, she posted children being hurt, looking to the sky, afraid of drone attacks. And she's, you know, she's trying to do a pro-Israel post. And then someone points out to her, uh, those are actually Palestinian children. Then she quickly deletes it. Clearly, you, either you don't know what you're talking about or you literally are just an evil person who decides that some people are worthy and others are not. And I would like to think that most people are probably not that. They just don't know what they're talking about. So, my issue here is you can't say it's simple. It's not simple because we don't know. We don't pay attention to it. When you do pay attention to it and read about it, then yeah. I've, I've had to read a little bit about it and clearly you have as well. So we can come to our own conclusions. But most of these people who are making statements, most people talking about on social media, you don't know what you're talking about, man. Just, just, I am. It's okay to say I don't know. I'm starting a campaign to say I don't know. What do you think about Israel and Palestine? Hey, I saw some stuff going on in the news, man. It's scary over there, but honestly, I don't know what's going on. I don't know what the cause of the conflict is, and I don't want to make a statement without knowing the facts. So you know what? I was moved so much by what I saw. I'm going to do some reading, and I'll find out what's going on. Ain't nobody going to attack you for that. And if they do, they're the unreasonable person. 
Mm. Okay, they will attack you for that. But they're the unreasonable person. <laughs> and but 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 there's a specific type of people that will attack, but anyway, we'll discuss that another time. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so I I've been so frustrated this whole week because of the situations happening in Israel and Palestine. It's obviously heartbreaking and obviously we understand that, you know, uh um the Israel is oppressing the Palestinian people. I I get that. But there is nuance because you need to know what's going on for you to have an opinion. So we can't be sitting here, aha, you, aha, you. Like, come on, man. It's, 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 almost like, it's almost like people are like, people make jokes about it, but I think some people seriously do like, ooh, can't wait to get you. Ooh, wait, they're about to tweet something. Ooh. Oh, yeah, definitely. And, and, and what's worse, and I think I just want to rant about this a little bit, the actual interviewers are doing it because they know they're going to get a name for themselves. So you... Why are you asking Ja Rule about 9-11? That's what, that's what it boils down to. Why must Ja Rule have an opinion on 9-11? But ultimately, it also boils down to the fact that news isn't about disseminating information. It's about how much advertising revenue can be generated, how many clicks, how many views. Yeah. So it's, it's about how best can we go about that. So that's, that's the, word, the model. Capitalism's model has ruined everything. News, social media entertainer, whatever, because it's all about how can we make the most money out of it? And the answer most of the time is not be fair, be truthful, be kind, be just, be... That's The answer is never that. And that's why everything's just getting worse and worse and worse. So anyway, here, here, here is my plea. If you don't know about... And I don't mean you have kind of an opinion. If you literally don't know, the only things you know about it are what someone has told you. If you don't know where it started, what's going on, about anything, coronavirus, the vaccine, Israel and Palestine, Ukraine and Russia, whatever it is, you don't know. All you know is just sound bites you've seen on social media and you're forming an opinion. My plea to you is just say, yo, I don't know. If you are interested, go do some reading. It's going to be rough. It's going to be tough to find something that's not biased, but with a little bit of hard work, you'll find a little bit of information. In fact, I would say try to find the most neutral stuff, but also, you know, give a, give a little bit. Don't go to the extremes. But if there's something that slightly leans right and slightly leans left, take in both. And, and then, then you're able to use your own. Uh, again, I know this is asking a lot. Use your own common sense to come to a conclusion and then have an opinion. But even then, I would still say, the other thing is, if you, if you want to support and help, then it makes sense to be involved. If you just want social media notoriety, what are you doing, man? It's like it's people's lives. You know, it's not just, it's not an argument on social media. There's people's lives and families and children that are dying. And the important thing to you is if we can catch an, a celebrity out. Do you know what I mean? It just, it, it's, it's very, dis, it feels like a bit, like a sour taste in my mouth that someone's real life of worrying about death and bombing and whatever and the way we look at it is social media outrage. I don't know. It's but I think, I think you're, you're very right there, Dan. You know, Ugh, I'm agreeing with Dan. Ugh, ghetto. But capitalism, one of, one of the great things about capitalism is it's designed to ensure that you have to, you, you can't invest like, emotionally and intellectually in topics outside of your immediate purview because you just don't have the bandwidth for it. Mm. Like 
dad and I were literally just having a conversation with Mike. And which is part of the reason why it took us so long to get back is because I, I had to move out and I had to make some big changes in my life. And I was even telling him like, yo, I'm actually deliberately earning less and taking in less money because I'm trying to focus on what matters more to me, you know? But some people don't have that luxury. I have that luxury right now. Some people don't. And if you if you have a family, if you have responsibilities, you're just like, yo, I need to work. So, Palestine, Israel, Gaza Strip, how is that helping me put food on the table? Like, yo, I've got bills up to wazoo. I've got, I've and that's got not not to take away from some people who are really moved by it and yeah. they want to. But even then, like, what what can you do? Because, like you just said, like if I come home, if I'm doing twelve hour shifts and I come home and I see it on the news, I'm like, yo, that's that's messed up. But I mean, part of part of I know it's ours is also complex history, but I mean, international sanctions somewhat helped us to get uh, um, independence. Same in South Africa. So I guess public sentiment can help. Awareness can help. But, so but that's, I'm, not, that, that, I'm not mad at that, yeah. yeah. But that's what I'm saying is like for, for that to happen, the, the, the populace have to be engaged and informed. And now how are they, how are they being informed? And then how is that information, um, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, motivating them to get engaged? If you are informed about the wrong thing, yeah. and then you essentially being informed about the wrong thing and then taking action with the wrong thing is radicalization. But here's, here's the messed up thing, Phil. Mm. If every single person in the world had every bit of information, we wouldn't all come to the same conclusion. Do you get what I mean? There's some people who are still going to feel that different and, way. And that is, the, that is the beauty and sadness of, of yes. like human existence. But at the very least, it makes it easier for us if like, if we have a good faith conversation, like and I think a lot of the times people don't. If I come to you and I'm like, yo, that racism is wrong. And you know all, like, you you know everything I know. And in your mind, you're like, nah, it's not. And I'm like, I, so there's no need for me to continue educating you because we are on the same level. We just can't get along. We can't see each other. And I'll move on with my day. You know what I mean? So I, I even have uh, an unpopular opinion on that. I think we all have some deal breakers. That look, if you feel this way about this particular thing, I don't think we can be friends. And I think that's fine. But surely it can't be everything. So for ex- racism, for example, is, a, is, I mean, it's a good example. If you meet someone who's racist, I can't be friends with you. You're racist. If someone feels, th- there's, there's a lot of things morally and ethically in the world, though. If someone, if someone were to tell me, yeah, I know he's racist, but I mean, I don't care. I wouldn't look at that as being crazy. I would understand that, you know what, I can't, I can't expect that everyone will agree with me on every single thing morally and ethically, right? So some things, even though I think I, I can decide what are deal breakers to me. So racism is a good example of a deal breaker. I don't, I don't think I can be friends with someone who's racist. But if someone told me that that's not a deal breaker for them, I don't, honestly, I don't even look at them that crazy. Because maybe their deal breaker is uh, lying. Or, you know, I don't know, like uh, being a sexual creep or something. For me, it's like I can't be friends with someone who's like that. Racist, uh, whatever. I I think it's wrong, but I'm not going to stop being friends with you if you do. You get what I mean? So I think, well, the other thing is also, there's so many, the world is so broken. There's so many causes. In terms of global conflicts, there's Russia, Ukraine, uh, what's happening, Israel, Palestine, multiple more. There's societal issues and civil issues and social issues and 
we can't we are not capable we don't have the, the capacity don't have the capacity to be to to care fully to fully care about each of them so i think a lot of the times we're performative where we realize that man i should care about this if i'm a good person but i think it's like you're saying someone can hear the story about israel and palestine and feel sad about seeing families hurt and people killed and whatever and then oh, but i got to go to work i got to put food on my table it doesn't mean I'm insensitive or I don't care about you, but I've already got so much I need to care and about. And also, like, what can what can you do? Like, what can I do? Mm. What can I do? I've also got so much that I need to care about. In fact, I'm going to mute Israel Palestine on my timeline because it's really messing with me. Is that a, an evil person? I don't think so. If someone were to hear the whole story of Israel and someone were to hear the whole story of Palestine and they were to disagree on their views, I can see some people say, like, you know what? Your values don't align with mine. We can't be friends. But I can also see a world where someone says, look, agree to disagree. Anyway, where are we going for brunch? So I think we just take things so seriously and we're so, we're so performative in a lot of things. And sometimes we care a lot about things. I get it. I just don't believe that that's always what's happening. Anyway, this is not that kind of podcast. And there's probably a billion podcasts right now you can listen to about Israel-Palestine. But my appeal is if you're a public figure, a celebrity, even a politician. And we know they listen to this podcast religiously. We got public figures that listen to us, Will. Yeah. If someone asks you about some issue in current affairs and you know, you know in your heart of hearts that you know what, I actually don't have enough information. Please, just, people will actually respect you. No one is going to think, ah, you're not well read. Nah, 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 nah. People will respect you if you say, honestly, my mind's been on touring, my mind's been on writing music. I've seen a little bit in the news, but I, ha- I don't have the context. So I'd mm. have to find out more. Do you know what I've also found a very useful thing, especially like when someone does that, is like, you know what? I'm not really well-read on the topic. How about you share what you know so that I can become informed? Ah, I don't know. Glitch on that. Hey, glitch. I-, I saw a TikTok video this week that was circulating on Twitter. It was of a publicist in the States. And she was saying, listen, I just want to make a public service announcement. I'm a publicist. I deal with a lot of celebrities. I'm not famous myself, but because I, the industry I work in, I'm constantly in events. And at first I used to be so excited to meet celebrities until I learned almost every celebrity you know is incredibly stupid. Like full on dumb stupid. So they, they can barely string words together. So every time you see them in the media, it's highly curated with a PR plan and you know they're given answers and I mean, a lot of them are actors and whatever, so they know what to say at the right point. So you, you start building a brand and it's all about the brand, the brand. But when you actually just speak to them for real, for real, they're dumb, stupid. Some of them were raised in, in uh, wealth and they've never had to interact with normal people their whole life. Others have the entire life focus. It's the thing we've spoken about. You've only ever focused on one thing your whole life. So everything else is just terrible. So I, honestly, I believe that to be true, judging from some of the celebrities I've met. So. Hey, man. Hey, madam. If you're listening to this and someone asks you about Israel-Palestine or they ask you about uh, what do you think of Holy Ten's car or what, do you know what I mean? And you, do, and you honestly don't have the information? Hey, I, thanks. I don't know. Phil's idea is even a great one. Why don't you fill me in on what happened? Maybe I can be able to build an opinion based on that. And even when they tell you, you'll be like, Hmm, I think I need more information. Thanks for that. I'm going to read on it. Or, End of or, or you know, what? Or you really, you really opened my eyes. You know, what? I'm going to do some reading. So, like, who should I check? Okay, top. You know, done. Don't 
And I think a lot of times there's, because of uh, insecurity, you feel a lot of pressure to sound smart. I have to sound smart. You know, uh, people can't think that I'm stupid. Man, just leave it. You know what the saying is? It's better to be silent and be thought of fool than to open your mouth and remove any doubt. Yeah, then you old. Bars. Now, now you're speaking in parables. Dad proverbs. Without being a dad yet. Yo, I was laughing about it. Like, yo, it's wild how we become our parents. <laughs> Other day I was complaining about lights being left on. <laughs> <laughs> Who left the lights on? <laughs> yeah. Bad. Uh, anyway. Um, Look, there's stuff to talk about this week, Phil. Um, so that being said, then what do you think of Olitenska? Look, I don't have enough information. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to read up on it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Then, uh, yeah, maybe at some future date. Mm-hmm. Although I'll be quite busy over the coming days. Also, <laughs> okay. it doesn't put food on my table, so I'm not really going to think about Is it. it yeah. yeah. But so okay. So where are you going to get your information from? Which which, which publications are, are, do you think are, are, are giving the, the best insight into this topic? Look, I don't have any information on that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to need to find out which publications I need to read to find the information. And uh, I appreciate. That's <laughs> the wildest part. Like, oh, there's no, there's no, there's no, there's no real journalism in there. <laughs> like, someone, someone actually hit me up the other day, and there were. In fact, I, th- I think that should be a good topic to talk about. So this is a good segue. Good segue. So you know, we have like fifty thousand topics here over the but, last three. But here's a good okay, segue. All right, let's see. Someone hit me up and they're like, "Yo, I've got an international journalist that saw this Brook Brook situation." They're looking for an entertainment reporter who can give some <laughs> insight and nuance into the situation. And Blaznagas, I was like, yo, shout out to all the reporters, but guys, we know you're listening. And no, no, I know some good journalists. So I actually, I thought for a while, then I was like, I, could, I know the people. To so I suggested a few people who I know, like, I would be well-informed, are journalists and would be able to, like, break down the sociopolitical... Like, cause it's it's a it's a big issue to tackle. It's a, it's a it's a big 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 issue to tackle. But man, did we talk about did we talk about it on the podcast? We did, eh? No, did it all happen while we were off? Dan, the last thing that happened, remember, I cracked the joke when we saw, it and I was like, "Yo, if Brook Brook wins, <laughs> that's gonna be fun." And boy, did she win! <laughs> I mean, while we're on the topic, we may as well talk about it real quick. Yo, speaking of, um, the other thing is, um, this was at the the Hippodrome. This is what they call it, the Hippodrome, correct? The venue where the Miss Universe was in, in Brayside. Don't, I don't see don't even yeah, it was know. at the Hippodrome in Brayside. So, I I have family in Brayside. Obviously, I've been there, but I hadn't been in a couple of weeks. I do remember seeing it under construction. So, when they said that this event was happening, I figured the the, the Hippodrome was complete. So, fun fact: my sister uh, came home. Uh, so I went to go pick up from the airport. This is the first time she's been home in five years uh, from New Zealand. So it was good catching up with her. But on the way to the airport, I passed through Brayside. They would remain ain't done. Dan, like they're still building it. And then Miss Universe, because you recall in our Patreon group, uh, someone posted a video of people crossing over a ditch on a plank um, while trying to Yeah, to, I saw that. In in in, in Cogdon. And, like, and they were like in full gowns and heels. And I was and, like, there's no way. And then I passed through it and I was like, oh snap, that actually did happen. Which already was like, why? But you know what, maybe the contract was signed years ago, the the builders haven't finished on time, blah, 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 blah. That, that's one thing. Then obviously, Brook Brook won, and then there was outrage. And even within our, our, our group, um, there, there were people who were concerned on both sides. 
Um, I I personally initially I found it funny, and then when I saw the hate piling on her, um, I felt bad. Yeah, and, and I felt bad for. Okay, let, let me let me let people know just in case they don't know what mm. we're talking about. All right, mm. so a couple of weeks ago, Miss Universe Zimbabwe was hosted. And this was the first time in, I think, four years? It was the first time in several years. Yeah. I don't know why Zemo's not performing. I'm not re- well read enough on the issue. We're, we were no longer <laughs> in the solar system, Dan. We are not in the universe. Well, um, there were several very, very aesthetically pleasing contestants. Um, last, the last time we had an episode, we, lo- we took a look at the contestants and Phil made a joke saying, wouldn't it be funny if Brook Brook won? Now, Brook Brook is a white girl. So it was funny because we're thinking, ah, white girl wins. How will Zimbabwe feel about it? It'll probably be quite funny. Well, lo and behold, Brook Brook did win. <laughs> but they was their finalist, Phil. Why did you just pick that? Why did you mean? I mean, why did you choose her? Why is it just random? No, be, be, because I I knew something like this would happen. <laughs> I did not expect it to be this bad. And we'll get into why, because I do feel she was set up by it's hard to point at one person, but in fact, I'll just say it now. I don't think if Tembi was the editor at the Shade Room, this story would have got the traction it did. Yes, there would have been a brouhaha, but it would not have spread beyond Sada. You know what I mean? I think the Shade Room is the one that put it in front of Dr. Umar Johnson. Is the <laughs> one that took the story from just being a, a, a domestic a, issue into damn near an international incident. I mean, it was pretty much an international incident because it was in several blog posts and whatever in the States. So long story short, white girl wins in Zim. Some Zimbabweans were, uh, some, let's say some were questioning it. Others were spewing full-on vitriol. I think most people were like, eh, that's interesting and move on with life. Um, my personal view is I don't see it as a problem necessarily assuming that um, the criteria used yes. for her to win. If she was the best candidate. If she was the best candidate, all well and good. I just hope that it's not a case of, uh, oh, I hope it's not a case of them deliberately doing that because they knew that it was going to have, you know, uh, um, some kind of blowback. Anyway, the point is, if she won legitimately, and at this point, there's no reason for me to believe otherwise, she carried herself very well in all the videos I saw and she, you know, Except for some of the the traditional attire, there was some weird traditional attire going on on all the contestants. I've seen that, but generally they looked good, and and she won. I think, like I'm saying, I think most Zimbabweans thought of it as interesting. Let's see how far. A few of them were very vocal about, ah, no, but why must the white person uh, represent us? No, no, no. And then people were responding back saying, no, but we do have white people in Zim. So you know, I would expect if there's if there's a hundred Miss, Miss Universe Zimbabwe's, maybe two of them should be white because 2% of the population, right? I think that's correct. Is it 2%? I think it's, uh, the, I was actually looking at the survey. It's, uh, I think four, but yeah. Maybe four. Two and four. So yeah. you would expect that, yeah, there should be a few dotted in because you're representing Zimbabwe, right? That's the whole concept behind it. Someone representing Zimbabwe at an international um, uh, beauty pageant. So look, it is what it is. Anyway, um, the Shade Room picked it up. Hey, there's this African country called Zimbabwe and a white woman just won Miss Universe Zimbabwe. And several other people picked it up, including Dr. Umar Johnson. If you've been listening to this podcast for a long time, you'll know who that is. So it became a... Why are you looking for... 
the inspiration behind but honestly i mean i don't think you should really feel that strongly about it zimbabwe if 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 you heard that zimbabwe was was being represented by Gemma Griffiths at some international music event. I don't think you'd think no, but she mustn't because no, because she's a musician, she's Zimbabwean, we know she's Zimbabwean. She's but, good at what she does. But but even with within that, there are there there are people who would be upset with Gemma. Like obviously True, they we, are some we, we know her personally, but they'd be like, "Wait, this white person speaking in Shona, she's pandering, she's doing this and the third. There are people that would be upset with that. I think I mean, it's hard to like I try not to paint with like a wide brush or broad brush, mm. but the flat out anger it, it it points to a lot of concerning things. Like, guys, Zimbabwe has been trending for a lot of uh, before Brook Brook. We literally had one of the biggest sounds on TikTok, where it's just it's giving Zimbabwe, and yeah, and not one of us complained because we we're like, yeah, you know, <laughs> it checks out, guys. Like we have no power, we have no water, we have no electricity. Our roads and, are and then, then there was that plane that came, mm-hmm. and that doctor who took a picture of the airport, and it just happened to be <laughs> Yo, at an angle that, that didn't look good for us. <laughs> Yo, that fly SF. I thought I, I was convinced it was Photoshop, and then I did my research. I was like, Yo, why does the airport look like a Msika? <laughs> so, so, so I, I think it was Ranga actually who, who on Twitter who actually. Put up a diagram of the airport, and he said, "Can you see this corner over here? This is the one place where it will look like that, and maybe that needs to be fixed or whatever. Sure, but that's not what the airport in general looks like. No, so, but, but fam, fam, like churches are is Nemo, Maguere, Chihuta. But yeah, so I think we have big issues. But once again, I don't think the people that were genuinely upset." Maybe listen to this podcast. I don't know, but I I honestly have not lost a wink of sleep over a white woman winning this universe because we have bigger fish to fry. However, if she won for illicit reason or it it wasn't fair, highlight those concerns and say, "But wait a minute, this contestant was better in this thing." I have if if I've missed them, please, I'd love for somebody to show me. I have not seen one argument like yo, but actually. When we were give, when they were giving their answers, this contestant clearly outshone Brooke. Brooke. She was better in the dress. She had a better. She had better. Uh, she was better in the talent. Look, you know what I mean. The, the one argument I have seen is, and did you see some of those mbamas? And I was like, alright, but that's subjective, right? Mm. And and that's where mm. I'm like, it's like, what are we arguing for here? Once again, let's also be honest with each other. <laughs> you know, I, 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 you know, I broke, broke shouts to you. You should get on the podcast. Dan, have you seen other podcasters that already had on the, the show? We're, we're losing traction. We don't, we have no pull in these streets anymore. We need to get on the show. But no matter what happens at the international, at, at, at the finals, um, I think we don't have enough of, what's the word I'm looking for? Almost like, um, an academy 
but for beauty pageants. We don't have enough of that for what? us to produce strong enough candidates. How, how do you feel about beauty pageants in general? Anyway? I, I don't care. But anyway, if you like them, I like, yeah. I mean, they, to me, I don't see the value in them, but they, That's don't, it. they don't hurt anyone. My, my per, I, I do think there's some harm in terms of the whole concept. Like, yeah, but, you do put in questions, but we all know the whole concept behind it is objectifying. But, but, also, yeah. but also, once again, we are two men discussing about, like, some of these women willingly participate in these pageants. So if women willingly participate in these pageants, who are we to say don't? It's like it's like it's like us being offended by the like the Mr. Ugly competition. Yes, it's, a, it's an insulting competition. But if adults are willingly putting themselves forward to say I'm the ugliest man in Zimbabwe, also fair. But there's nuance because the patriarchy has created a society where the value of a woman is based on her appearance. So of course, a woman would want to participate in a competition that validates her appearance, but. I think we can't just jump it in the middle of the of the conversation. But anyway, I do also agree with you. Like, if I were to think about it, I was like, eh, I don't think they're the best idea. But then also, hey man, I don't I don't really care I that mean, much then, about it. I mean, <laughs> I, mean, I mean, yes, you're right. There's the patriarchy. There's the there's the capital. There's there's a lot of akis and isms. That yeah. But when you think about it, like every weekend, what do we do? We watch football. We watch Formula One. If we if we were to really break down, like all the negatives, yeah, it's of true. Football fandom and Formula One. Not, not 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 even just the impact to the the planet, not just the impact to no, society. No, but, but those ancillary, Phil. If the foundation of what you're looking at is who is the most beautiful, I mean, I suppose the other one is the foundation. The foundation of the other is, hey, a game of entertainment where you know people. I don't know. Look, man. You know, like the other, like the rugby world cup is going on. Yeah. So I haven't watched rugby in a while, but I was like, you know, let me let me just watch a few games, and I'm watching them. And while I'm watching it, and I'm also I've I've kind of relaxed my stance on the NFL because enough time has passed now. So I'm like, yeah, you know what, maybe I'll start watching it again. And I'm watching it again after all this time. And I'm like, you know, in three hundred years, if the planet survives three hundred years, people are gonna look back at this time and be like, What is wrong with these people? Because you know how we look back at the Roman gladiators and we're like, guys, this is wild. People were killing them themselves, like people were dying every week for entertainment. That's the same thing that goes on in sports right now. Yeah, I guess. They are football players. They, their brains are rattling inside yeah. their heads like a can of bacon <laughs> <laughs> before you spray it. And we're like, oh, thank you, thank you, man, man. That touchdown, that touchdown was incredible. And I think ultimately that's the point. Like, is humans, we, we need some form of distraction. Which is fair. Which keeps us from discussing the real issues, which is Israel and Palestine. If there were no beauty pageants, if there was no football, if there was no sport, we would be discussing the nitty gritties. Okay, Phil, let's, let's attempt to... Okay, first of all, what's going on with your boy? What's going on with Joe Biden? <laughs> <laughs> Yo! Ah, Joe's having a good week. Have you listened to Drake's album? Yes, I tried to. It's I tried, Phil. I uh, tried. You know what? I you was know like, how, like, some of these, those lines, I was... <laughs> That Czechoslovakia... Listen, was, listen, was, listen. Oh my, the, it's bad. I... I he, hear me out. You, you you can't call me a Drake hater because I was low-key a fan back in the day. Because you know what? I was a big fan of Lil Wayne. And then Lil Wayne's youngster comes through and I was like, oh, he's kind of swaggy, but kind of dorky. You know what I mean? He's he's like mixing this dork and swag. Nah, like, I'm you done did, with you this. Saw, you just saw yourself. I did, like, I did. I related. You saw the light like, skin mixing <laughs> and you're like, you know what? Finally, we This have man a is dorky. He makes, <laughs> he makes dorky, corny lines, but it still kind of sounds cool. I can mess with this. So, I mean, I remember for a while, I was quite a fan of Drake and then I felt like I outgrew him. 
I did. I, like, I honestly did feel. I, I did. I, I think he's rapping now the same way he did 10, 12, 15 years ago. In fact, twenty years ago. So I mean, and I, I honestly, I never thought about it. I never. I just. I don't really. I don't really listen to his music like that now. One or two songs will somehow make it through, and like, oh yeah, this is kind of this is kind of dope. But I won't go home and listen to it. You know what I mean? And I was like, hey, let me actually try. I didn't even listen to his last album. I was like, let me actually try. So I was, I was taking Chester for a walk. Took my headphones. Chester, let's go. We're actually going to go the long route today. Track one. The track one had like some kind of soulful like sample. What I a waste of a good beat. That was yeah, a it was a, like a dope sample. And I was like, oh, nice. And then, okay, he, I, he, he did some weird singing in it, I think, or something like that. And I was like, look, I mean, it's an okay start. I really like the beat of that. Uh, you know what I mean? Anyway. And we move on, and we move on, and we move on. I'm like, yo, this is trash, man. No, it is not good. It's not good. But I think, I think, unless after, unless it gets good after track seven, because so, I didn't make it there. And I think I've discussed on the podcast before. I've never been the biggest Drake fan, even from so far gone. I recognize his talent. I've just hated his singing. His singing always used to grate in my ears. Yeah. And I hated it because when Drake wants to rap, oh, that boy can rap, and I'd be annoyed. In fact, Dad, do you remember there was a time when the Meek Mill Drake beef was popping off and we did an emergency recording? Yes. <laughs> when back to back drop. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> like, we literally canceled everything. Like, we were, if you guys go back to that episode, we recorded that episode in the morning because we woke up to back to back and we were like, yo, no, this boy's spitting. And that's the frustration. It's Drake is like, it's like us, I think. You know, we have so much potential, but we're lazy. And look at all that. No, no, no. It's not that he's lazy. I on, honestly, honestly, when I heard what Joe Budden said, and if you're unsure what happened, okay, again, we need to stop doing this. Long story short, Drake dropped his highly anticipated, was it? I don't know. Highly anticipated album. Highly anticipated, highly delayed, weirdly released because he released it at a weird yeah. time. Was it, oh, yeah, anyway, yeah. It's called For All The Dogs. Now, popular um, hip-hop critic, Joe Budden, on his podcast, was listening to it and he was like, yo, and he was criticizing it. He was saying, he was basically saying, you sound like you're rapping for the kids. And that's weird because you've been rapping for 20 years. I, and I, the entire time I was listening to his tirade, I was like, that's how I feel. I've never actively thought about it, but I did feel like I out, yes, there was a time when I would want to go out, drink. And you know, what was interesting was seeing like, ooh, she hot, she fly. Oh, you know what I mean? That, yes, that was, that was very relatable at the time. And then I felt like I, I've now grown a little bit. Yes, I still still do enjoy going out and whatever. But hey, man, I'm also thinking about real life stuff. You know what I mean? And I saw some people talking. I think I saw, I can't remember who it was. Someone we know. I think someone we've even had on the podcast. Anyway, they were talking about, about his, what do you guys mean? Are you expecting that Drake must start rapping like Nas or something? Uh, you guys don't even listen to Nas. And you're saying like, no, that's not it at all. It's just my dude is making songs with Lil Yachty. I, I can't remember. I think it was Vaso. Um, well, but I think that there's also that the other thing that I've noticed is Drake's fan base and Drake's pull is so strong that his fans will will defend him to the hilt. Which I guess it's because being a fan is short for fanatic, and fanatics are not logical individuals. His fans fully relate because they're in their mid thirties, still talking about which school they went to, and still in the web talking about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> what drinks can I get you? <laughs> so 
So they're like, what do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> and dirty macking and name Charlene, darling, Carlene. <laughs> guys, guys, uh, let's let's be real. Uh, I pack him in like sardines. Dan, I'm I'm younger than Drake. Do you know what I'm doing, Dan? I'm settling down because I'm also like, yo, the streets are t- 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 the streets are tiring. I understand. Look, if if Snoop Dogg or Ludacris were to do a song with Sexy Red, it comes from a place of, hey man. The old school mixing with the new school. Speaking of that, sexy red and Drake song. Oh my god! I, have, I didn't even get there. Oh my! God. When Buster makes a song with what's her name, Bia or whatever yeah. her name is, it it's all it comes across as yo. We're trying to introduce the old school to the younger art to the younger listeners, the younger consumers. And vice versa. It feels like mature mixing with young. Drake and, they, and sounds like and yeah. Drake Drake collaborating with sexy red doesn't sound like hey man. Drake's been in the game for 20 years and here's someone young and new and whatever. So here's this mature artist who's really developed his art and developed his craft and he's mixing with these youngsters so that even these youngsters can also appreciate the mm. older stuff and, you know, they can be a great mix. No, it sounds like someone who is on Sexy Red's level, just better. No. What it sounds like to me is there's always someone's father. Yes. Yeah. You know, I just broke it a big deal. So what are you and your friends drinking? Yeah, it's on me. Don't worry. Don't even, don't even worry. Don't sit there. No, come sit by my side. Yeah. And clearly it touched a nerve because Drake gets criticized a lot, but. Uh, no, I, I think the other thing is, so Joe has responded, but on Patreon. I, um, I watched a clip of it. There's clips that have leaked, but there is something that's very factual. Is. Drake has been influenced by Drake. I mean, Drake has been influenced by Joe. In his early raps, Drake literally sounded like Joe Budden. Joe Budden, um, and you've joked about me a, a lot of times, but what we, I think we both recognize is for a lot of rappers, Joe Budden is on that list of your favorite rappers, favorite rapper. I was a fan of, back in the days of Slaughterhouse and even when he was doing his own mood music and whatever, yeah. I was a fan of Joe Budden. As a person, I think a lot of his decisions and a lot of his actions are questionable, too reprehensible in some instances. And that's where I, I have issue with him. But in terms of as a talent and as an intellect, Joe Bunn is incredibly good at crafting his words, both in rap and in podcast, to, in a very insightful and intellectual way, even, even if the subject matter is extremely problematic, like, yo, I'm cheating on you but I'm going to gaslight you and make you think I'm not cheating on you. Like, the, like mood music too is all that. Or the, all the all love lost, the, like the love lost series. It's just, it's gaslighting 101, 102, 103. Like it's a master's degree in, in being a woman. However, and Joe highlighted this, like, yo, you guys keep saying, I'm not on Drake's level. Drake ignores me and I keep hitting him for clout. And he's like, guys, he's never ignored me. And when you stop to think about it, every single time Drake and Joe Bunn have had an issue, Drake has always responded. From from the time his fans were were, pick, were, were pitching up at Joe's apartment and he was chasing them down the street, to the time where um, Drake subliminally dropped uh, that disc to Joe Bunn with that uh, with um, no price tags with French Montana, to Drake playing Pump It Up when he was on on the yacht just a few months ago to Drake and Joe having their back and forth because they used to smash the same women. It's an ongoing, to when Drake was hopping on Joe Bunn's Instagram lives during the pandemic just to troll him. 
they've always had like a a frenemy slash what you could at least acknowledge some sort of admirational thing, right? Relationship. Tell tell me if this is not what happened, Phil. Joe Budden said, yo, I think you're dope, but it sounds like you're playing with the kids and you're not growing and maturing. And then Drake said, yeah, but I got a plane though. You don't have a plane. You suck. But Yes, but also the context is if you listen to Joe Budden regularly, there are two artists Joe Budden stays criticizing, not criticizing, yeah. kissing their butts. And I'm not even exaggerating. It's a, it's without question, stays. Even after the whole getting chased by his fans thing. and He put that in his like, Blaz, we had our grounds, we've solved them. But yeah, when it comes to rapping, ah, I can't deny it. When you want to do your thing, it's always, Joe will always give himself, will always give props to Jay-Z to the point where they call themselves the Hovengers. And he always gives love to Drake. You can use that for a different thing, though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, not. Uh, I mean, if not Hove, so, but you know. And and Joe's thing was like, "Yo, I I actually don't want to respond to this because you've ignored the countless times, and it's on record. I've given you props, like I've I've acknowledged. Ah, but yeah, there's jabs here. There's this that. Even a week prior to Joe was excited, like, "Yo, I cannot wait for this album." And he's dropping Drake songs, and yo, if if this is the Drake we're getting, ooh, mm. the summer's about to be lit. Like fanning out almost. And he's like, yo, as a fan, I'm disappointed because where's the growth? And I can't fault him for that. Drake now took it to the extreme where first and foremost, mm-hmm. he responds by saying that long soliloquy where he's like, this man is a failure, blah, blah, blah. Which is also is a flawed argument because that means essentially, so the only people that can realistically critique music are other musicians. That's and, not- and not just that, but... Most like, um, yeah, no. So, 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 according to Drake, the only people that can criticize his music or, or even say anything bad about his music are Michael Jackson and the Beatles. That's it. So, in this clip that I watched, Joe Budden is reading a, 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 his um, alleged DMs from Drake. So he's reading this thread. Yeah, yeah I, I also think they're real. So he says, um, Drake basically sent me he, he, uh, this whole like you, you know, um, I don't know, insulting him or whatever. Then he says, "I'm sorry, you feel that way, but." I mean, I'm just critiquing your music or whatever. And then, then Drake says, no, it's fine. I don't care whether you like or you don't like my music. My problem is that you saying that I need to stop messing with 25-year-old girls because now you're trying to turn people against me, da 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 I want to address that. I want to think about that a little bit. But not only that, Drake, it's one of the biggest blights on your reputation is the numerous, numerous reports and these are corroborated by the other individuals of you having inappropriate conversations with with kids. So, the, but but that's that's not even where you went. He didn't even go there. He said, you but that's said, but the implication. Do you get what I mean? Like, no, but no, but then, but then Joe. The, so that, but the implication. It's not like it's a room. It's there. Like you've admitted to it. It's there. But the implication. But is, no, 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 Phil. Mm. It's not like admit. Okay. This is a funny, it's a, it's, a, it's a funny story. I remember we spoke about it on the podcast before. So Drake, for example, what's her name? The Stranger Things girl. I don't know her name, but I know you're talking yeah, about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. So apparently they had been texting. Yeah. Right? And she, she was... And she was getting relationship advice from Drake. Yes. And she's 14. Okay. So I look at that a little bit weird. It's a little weird, but I can't condemn him for it because I don't know the... Con- I'll give you an example. The super famous people... She's blown up, whatever. Oh my God, I can't believe I met Drake, right? I'm a fan of Drake. I met Drake. Drake is like, oh, I watched you on Stranger Things. No, 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 no. I'm such a fan. Can I get your number? Uh, I 
kind of weird, no, but cool. No, no. You you say that, but I can see that happening. I can see that happening. No, I can see it happening, but I can carry a finish story. Or whatever the something. situation is. And then she's like, maybe she sends him a message. Such fan, love the new album. Thanks, young and appreciate it. Yo, that new video is so dope. Love it. Thanks, kid. Really cool. Hey, yo, uh, I, I really love that song. It made me think of blah, blah, blah. Hey, you know, I'm having issues with na, 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 na. You know, I keep your head out, young and You know, I don't let these, these men stress you. Na, na. That is giving a young person relationship advice. So I'm just saying, to me, I'm not, I'm not going to quickly condemn. But I do agree that it can also be a little bit weird. Because it could be that you guys are now actually chatting. That it's now like, okay, okay, that's weird. I'm, I think the big issue here was him, him saying, you need to stop messing with those 25-year-olds. That was smart from Joe Biden because he didn't say 22-year-olds. Because now you're treading a little bit more dangerously close. But the implication is, the implication of his words without actually saying stop playing with kids is yo, you're playing with younger people and you're messing with girls that are younger. And that just starts putting in people's heads. Oh, by the way, he was texting whatever her name is. But that's also, that, that could be one, but that could also be, that could be true. And that could also lend to the genius of Joe Biden. Yes. That's what I'm saying. But, I, but, I, but I see also, what you're doing. But, but what Joe didn't does is because Drake was like, yo, you, you're criticizing my album without listening. And Joe was like, Oh, that's what we agree. Okay. You're accusing me of, of saying that you hang around young kids. Let me play you a couple of your songs from your album. And he literally plays the songs. And in the lyrics, Drake is saying, <laughs> So he's like, my guy, how can you accuse me of not listening to your album when I can literally point to the points in the album and say the things I've accused you of saying? So, Phil, <laughs> can, I, can I... You know, people come to this podcast to be real, 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 real. Mm. Okay. So you, Phil, are a 37-year-old, multi, almost billionaire, one of the most famous people in the world. Hordes, I'm talking literally millions, hundreds of millions of women are throwing themselves at you. You have your pick. You're not interested in pursuing a long-term relationship at the moment. Your life is a little bit too, too dynamic and fluid. You don't want to settle down. Maybe you're just interested in a few physical connections with people. Mm, okay, Dan, Dan, you're giving him bail already. No, no, not bail. I'm not at all. I, I just want to see, I want to see, as you're scrolling through all the thousands of DMs you got, <laughs> actually, I know your, I know your spec. <laughs> What's my spec? No, I was in Cape Town with my wife. I was like, see that, that's Phil's spec. What's my spec? <laughs> No, you know, full-bodied women. You know, what I'm <laughs> but as you scroll through, as you scroll, through, no, that's not a bad thing. It's a good thing. As you scroll through your DMs, where is your eye likely going to linger the most? Your age range of thirty-five, thirty-seven, or is it gonna pause? Kuma My age range, but. Once again, I can't, I don't know how Drake thinks. I, yeah. I, I was not a child star. I, I'm not a multimillionaire. As you say, damn near a billionaire. I don't know. But me at my age, <laughs> right? Even, even with this, this, the, the, the little money and the little fame that I have and, and what, and little brand recognition that I have, I'm just like, yeah, hey, I don't headaches. And I've dealt with headaches. Which is also very true. But, but 
Okay, no, let me not. Let me and, not, and, let and me not get to there, delve too deeply into your personal yeah, life. But yeah, yeah, and there's no way the numbers I put on the board match eh, the numbers Drake has put on the board. So that's my confusion: is he has more to lose? He's more numbers. So no, no, no. I understand. I would say I understand. All you're looking. I'm in Toronto tonight. I'm in London tomorrow. I'm in Nana. I just need to meet a different person at each spot, at spot that I'm going. We're going to spend the night together. You sign the NDA in the morning. I'm out. I don't think he's looking for... Uh, I think he should be, to be honest. But I don't think he is looking for mature, grown, settled. But but you can also get that. And that's the... No, you can, but I don't think he is. I, to be honest, I think he should. I think most people wouldn't be. I think they would be looking at those 25-year-olds anyway, who are both We're, we're, we're now hypothesizing, and I think we've now become stuck on this like one topic. Let's let's get back to the big issue. Is where it got weird for me, which is now we're going back to the, the criticism of the Drake thing. Joe Budden is not the only person to criticize Drake. Obviously, Drake seems to be a little sensitive issue because just a, a few weeks ago, he also got into it with Charlemagne. Charlemagne said the same thing. Charlemagne um, commented on Slimey Out and said, Slimey Out isn't doing the numbers. Like, this isn't the numbers a Drake song should do. But Charlemagne also has a history of going at Drake. Mm. They kind of resolved the issue during the Meek Mill beef or the were frenemies, but they've gone back to it. And, and Charlemagne was, um, or rather Drake was now going at Charlemagne in a long way. So it seems like the criticism is something that he's not comfortable with. Mm. Or, or right now he's at a point where he feels like those that criticize me, I'm I'm not gonna let it slide. I'm coming back at you, which is fine. I mean, you have you have every right to do so. But now, when Birdman is threatening you as 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 an artist, yeah. When Jay Prince is threatening you as an artist, now we're like, what are we doing here? Are we, are we threatening the life of someone? Yeah. Over whether you believe it's fair or unfair. It's at least a critique that has rationale. It's not like that shit whack and at the end of the sentence that he gave an explanation. And that's the weird thing to me. It's like, what is going on here? What is happening? And and also, music is so subjective. Like, even if you've made the most fire album of all time, there's going to be some people who just don't, you know, I don't mess with this. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't like it. I don't like it. I much prefer, I prefer... J. Cole or whatever. And I, I think obviously we've spoken about how artists are very sensitive and insecure about their music because it's an expression, extension of their self. I do think in this case, the criticism hit home because I think it's kind of true. I feel like I was, a, there was a time when I was a fan of Drake. I feel like I've outgrown him. And there are other people who, this is obviously not true across the board, but there's some people who I've seen who are fans of Drake. And I think, yeah, it makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Speaking of people who can't take criticism, this happened during our, our short absence. Uh, just want to quickly bring it up. So, Tinashe was in an interview, Tinashe Kachingwe, and they were like, yo, so, you know, you got a song with R. Kelly and with Chris Brown. And then she says in this interview something along the lines of, yeah, I remember thinking, like the label came to me and said, we're going to put Chris Brown on this song. And I remember thinking like, really? I don't know if it really fits, but anyway, we put the song out and, you know, whatever. So, and then she says like, yeah, also like, uh, I am on a song with R. Kelly and that's kind of weird and da, 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 but what else? So anyway, Chris Brown then posts up, um, he basically posts up on his uh, Instagram, um, 
name one song by Tinashe. No, say I think he said name three songs. Name three songs. Or die. Yeah. <laughs> or die. We all did. Which is a violation. <laughs> because I mean I have supported her for long and I can't even name Wow, <laughs> dad. Wow, you're a bastard. Name three songs right now. Let's go. <laughs> I'm not a fan either, but you know, she's Zimbabwean, so we support she, her. No, but she's of Zimbabwe. Zimbabwean descent, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, um, and uh, that obviously led to Chris Brown is another one of those people that has, you know, fanatics who will support them, and that led to a lot of people like attacking her and, and whatever, whatever. And I was thinking about it, and I was like, oh, he says, name five Tinashe songs or die. Everybody did. And then he later added, she full of that evil, shorty career is non-existent. What's more embarrassing is that she worked with all these people and not one of us could save her career. Here's the messed up thing. She didn't even criticize you. She said, the label said we should, we want to put Chris no, Brown on the song. Be, well, to be fair, the, the premise, if you listen, to, if you watch the full clip, the, the, the thing is like, yo, you've worked with some questionable individuals in your past. That's why she grouped R. Kelly and Chris Brown together. Who grouped them together? The, the interviewer grouped but them together. But she should have been adept enough to be like, hey, I don't think, the thing, or just be like, yeah, it happened. It's cool. Let's move on. The fact that she she decided to do that, you kind of did open Pandora's box. I don't think, I don't necessarily think she's wrong, right? But the other thing is, if, if, you, if I come to your house and I know Chester. That's can, my dog can get a little frisky, a little, a little razzled, a little aggressive. Guess what I'm not going to do? I'm not going to poke fresh, uh, Chester. Why is she poking? <laughs> you know what I mean? You just be like, yo, yeah, I made those songs. Um, I made the best decision. I, I, I thought that at the time, it's done. I'm moving. I'm, I'm, I'm at a different point in my career. When, if you say that, I don't think there's anything wrong and we can, we can easily read the subtext and move on. If he then chooses to react to that, people are going to be like, mm, Chris, I think you're overreacting. But because the, the way she framed that answer, mm. you, you're giving him leeway to do what he did. Like, in isolation, yes. that it, Like, people would have been like, yo, Tinashe, what are you doing? But we know Chris Brown's reputation. He, it is what it is. But also, it was, just, it was just a weird dynamic. I think, speaking of like what we just said, Sometimes you, you have to have a little more adeptness and intellect when answering Media savvy. Yeah. You, you need to think about, okay, if I say this, what are the ramifications of saying this? And the fact that she didn't think that the ramifications of saying this would lead to this thing. Also, you did this song with him. It's, it's for, forever. If people want to search Tinashe Chris Brown, they'll find it. If you had such a problem with it, why is why are the song still available? You know what I mean? Sometimes people just bring drama to their doorstep. Okay, we have a lot of stories. I'm going to skip a lot of these and I'm, I'm going to jump to a couple. Um, here's one quick one. So Takura made a cryptic post on his Instagram implying that he was quitting music. Mm. Just want to know if you think that's true or not. Uh, I'm not going to speak on what I know. I just hope it's okay. Yeah. I was about to say, 
I think that's his intention in the moment. I don't think he will always, but I also think he's from, going from, through a lot. Yeah, yeah I, know, I know he's going through a lot. I just hope he's okay. And once again, I think World Mental Health Day was two days ago. Um, so, like, if you need help, we still are offering resources to individuals. If you need someone to speak to, if you need um, just help, assistance, hit us up in the DMs. We'll try and connect you with a therapist in your area. And if anyone out there, well, granted, we can speak to him directly, but if anyone out there um, knows Takura and, like, we're, we're willing to help wherever we can. Like, I just hope he's okay. That's all I care about. I'll probably give him a call at some point. Yeah, I just, like I, I just hope he's okay. Hmm. Um, okay, so uh, there's this wild story coming out of South Africa. What about the doctor? Yes. <laughs> ah, I, got so, I got so exhausted by that guard. <laughs> so here's the story. So there's this air quotes celebrity TikTok doctor. Basically, he, he has positioned himself as this young doctor who's like really tech savvy and he keeps getting invited to like radio interviews and his TikToks go viral and he gives people like all kinds of advice. He's also been selling pills to help you lose weight, apparently. Um, yeah. So anyway, at some point, people started questioning his credentials. Then every single... Because he claimed to be the Dugas of South Africa. Because man is like 25, 24? Yeah, he was like, 20, I don't know, 25, 6. Or I don't know whatever, whatever his age is. But basically, he implies that he skipped a couple of grades in school because he was so good, then quickly finished his degree, and then now he's a doctor. And he actually had videos of him walking through, you know, a hospital with a stethoscope and whatever. And meanwhile, every single organization that he has ever claimed to be associated with has been putting out public statements saying, uh, we actually have no record or knowledge of this person. Starting with the South African Medical Association, the universities that he claimed to have gone and studied medicine at, they're all like, yeah, no, sorry, we don't know about him. Including, I think it was a... Um, was it Cambridge? I can't remember. Like Wits. some, I believe Wits. But there, there was Cambridge. Wits, and then there was one like international university. At some point, I was like, "Damn! Like he's already dead. Stop kicking him!" Like yo, and <laughs> again, I don't, I don't know the full story, but it seems pretty likely that this is some guy who started getting social media notoriety. Built a lie upon a lie upon a lie upon a lie until essentially. Uh, did you see the FAQ page of his yes, supplements? Spelled wrong. He's talking of wild stuff. It's if you want a good sort of peek into a wild side of humanity, just go Google Doctor Matthew Lani L A N I and just read the story. It's so wild. He's basically pretending to be a doctor. My biggest worry, of course, is if there's any medical advice that he's given that's led to someone being harmed. Otherwise, it's clearly someone who's scamming. If not scamming, at the very least, exaggerating greatly about his, his uh, um, situation. And another cautionary tale on not to be addicted to clout on social media. I, every week we sit here and, well, not the past few weeks, but every time we sit here and we talk about, every time we talk about another social media clout situation gone wrong, I can really feel little by little, just micron by micron, that that little lever in my head pushing me towards, maybe I should just not have social media. No, Maybe I Dan, should just completely be off. Then social media is not good. It's not good. If I wasn't, if, if I didn't need social media for, for my job, I would be off it. Whenever I'm off social media, I just feel better as a person. Like my mental health is better. My clarity is better. My productivity through the roof. 
I'm actually right now my whole like, what I'm working towards right now is I'm just trying to get enough savings so I can do a week offline. That's my reward. <laughs> if I can just do a week offline, oh, you'll fix your life. I'm, 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 I, it actually will. Actually, you know what? We should do it as a 2BT challenge. Just all of us. We plan for it. We know it's going to happen at some point and we're going to do a full Monday to Sunday, not WhatsApp, not, not I'd, I Twitter, don't, not... I, I think... Maybe I, WhatsApp we I can... I think WhatsApp, WhatsApp, it's not feasible. Maybe. But like what, what I do and I kind of drift away, I think you might remember this. Like what I used to do is I used to do offline Sundays. So you still do that? I try to, but it, it's, it's, it's been a little inconsistent. That's partly why like I had to make changes because it was not impossible for me to be offline because there would be campaigns running on Sunday and people would need to get hold of me. And I'm like, oh, I ain't giving up. We can do it as a group. Everyone listens to this podcast. We count down to the date, to the date we're going to start. And for a whole week, no Instagram, no Twitter, no Facebook, no LinkedIn, no, no nothing social. Only the bare bones minimum you need for your work and for your family life. And then we just review at the end of the week. And then just like, yo, let's, how do you feel? How was the week? Did you feel anxious? Did you feel, did you feel a lot of FOMO? Da, da, da. And yeah, I, I think we should do it. We must find a week. Indeed, indeed, indeed. What do you, what do you think? Yeah, hit us up and let us know, especially those in the Patreon. What do you think? Mm. We all do that together at the same yeah, time. I think, let's run through some of these ga, ga, ga. I think the most interesting topic um, from this is, is Ghana, it is, turns out it's not a snitch at all, Dan. That's what you chose as the most interesting topic. I, I think a lot of people have been labeling. Despite all that, like, Ghana being called a snitch was a massive blight in his career. The fact that he was able to resurrect his career from this point uh, is an achievement within itself. But when Young Thug's father came out, it was an interview with a, a YouTuber, and he mm. basically was like, yo, I want to say this unequivocally, whatever Ghana did in his case did not affect our case in any manner, shape, or form. Because keep in mind, Young Thug has been very quiet on the issue. And Ghana is still signed to Young Thug. Mm. So it's, it, I think he's been looking good, you know. He's just, he's, he's, his fashion sense, it's not improved. But at least he's, you know, he's in shape and he's, he's, he's performing well and uh, good for him. Um, Ashes at the Super Bowl, yay! Though it looks like Tay Tay might might take a spot. Ah, the NFL's doing a lot right now. NFL's doing a lot. And then they're playing the long game mm-hmm. with Tay Tay. Uh, we discussed sexy red, uh, giving Donald a shout out once again. I think that speaks to what Dan was mentioning earlier, but just being informed. Sexy red, they were wearing. If you just read, no, 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 that's too much to ask for. Don't read because I know that you won't. Just don't say anything. Say that I haven't read. I'm not, I, I, I want to be unequivocal. I am not campaigning for you to read more. I know that's too much to ask for. I'm campaigning for you to say nothing. Respond to questions about things you know nothing about with just, I don't know. Next question. Mm-hmm. Anyway, while we run through these, um, I think, I think this, is, this might have inspired your, your, your rant earlier about celebs speaking on it, but I, I need to ask our producer on, on, on a public forum. Night Crims, why would you put this story? DJ Vlad criticizes Drake and DJ Khaled for not speaking on our master text. Why would, why would we care about the Russian criticizing the Canadian and the Palestinian for not speaking on it? For those of you that don't know, DJ Khaled's family actually are from Palestine. I've, I've, I think I've spoken on the podcast before. It is a little disappointing to me that as a Palestinian, he has not 
attempted to address the issue. I am not disappointed. I am proud of you for saying nothing. No, no, no. I am promoting this for all celebrities, no, 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 no. even if you are from Be- there. No, because because whenever asked about it, it's just like, yo, like, and sometimes I think the last, uh, like, um, Larry King was one of the big ones. Larry King was like, yo, you're of Palestinian descent. Um, I don't know what your affiliation is, but like, do you have family in Palestine? Like, what do you think of the situation in Palestine? I think that's a fair question, right? Mm. Khaled came back with, yeah, everything's love, man. We just need more love. Khaled, this is the first time that I am team <laughs> DJ Khaled. Deflect, don't answer. That's all. It's also, it's also weird. Deflect, because, don't answer. Because I think his wife might be Jewish. Look, this is, mm-hmm. this is how we're going to... We're going to get peace and love. It's so, all love. So the, the key to peace in the Middle East is Khaled's family. <laughs> Assad. <laughs> Assad is the chosen one. <laughs> hey, don't even... Here's the, the other thing, Phil, is I don't want to now not enjoy your music because of your opinions. So I, I would rather so. not know your opinions. I don't think it's that. I, I, I think I've now, like, unless it's, like, completely, like, beyond the pale, like R. Kelly, and even then, it's not... I trying to say you're listening to R. Kelly again. Yes, because the money is going to the victims. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, so now you're listening. Yes. Now that now that so I know it, it was about the money going to him. Yeah, we okay. need to make sure that the restitution <laughs> and justice is served, okay? So can Step we get in it? the name of love. Can we get it? Dude, dude. <laughs> <laughs> might not be funny to some people, but yeah, we joke. Yeah, no, it's jokes. Yeah, but but yeah, I think ultimately, like for everything you just discussed, expecting an artist or celeb to have completely uniform views to yours. Uh, or just to have to, to to be like morally upright on the right side of history, a lot to ask. You're asking a lot of them. So, yeah, as long as you're not a Nazi, hi Doja Cat, um, we're good. Even the yeah, I just watched Doja Cat's episode on Hot Ones, and I know Sean Evans there was like, damn it, you have to release this picture of the whatever. She's, she's clearly a troll. She's a troll. No, but there's, there's trolling and then there's just being dumb. I know. And I, I, I'm annoyed, but not mad, if that makes sense. Like, you know, you know a troll that goes too far. They exist all over. And it's like, ugh, you're so annoying. But I know you don't, you're not, I don't know how to explain it. It's, I think I'm able to differentiate between real, actual Nazis and people who are trolling and think it's fine. They are both bad things and they are both reprehensible and whatever. But on the one, it's more annoying, whereas the other one, it's like, yo, like disappointed in humanity. Do you get what I mean? And the other one, it's like annoying, angry. Like, can you not see that what you're doing is actually not funny and it's not what you think it is? Anyway. Um... We were outside. Did you go to Jacaranda? Ah, uh, no. I was, I was, I was moving. Oh, uh, I was wondering because I thought you said you wanted a ticket so that we. Anyway, wait. Were you going to give me a ticket? No, I, I had to buy one. Remember, <laughs> I actually bought a ticket. Thanks, Walter. Um, but <laughs> it was. No, we need to support the arts stand. I bought a three-day ticket. I went Friday and Saturday, and I was like, ah, no, you know what? So Sunday, you gave up. How was it though? How was it? I actually wanted. I to was go very, very impressed. So. Friday, Friday was like, it was, it was like nice atmosphere. There were a lot of people in there, but in my head, I was like, yeah, no, they've done good numbers. Saturday was like, yo, packed. Mm, like, yeah, I saw they sold. Actually, funny enough, 
um, we were planning on coming because it, it was Gemma's birthday. So she was having a bride at her place. And then we were like, after the bride, we're going to come. And then mid-bri, we we were getting tickets. They were like, yeah, they're they sold out. So not, not everyone could come. So we're like, ah, screw it. We're just going to stay mm. and chill. They were sold out and then there were people selling fake tickets at the at the gate. Uh, as the, the so standard. then they had to do a whole thing, yeah. And I, Lady Smith Black Mambazo performed on Saturday. Mm, how was it? <laughs> Mind blasting. Mind blowing. Mind blasting. Mind blowing. Homeless. Homeless. Was your dad there? No, 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 I, there's no way you would have, no ways. It was, it was too packed and, and raucous for, for the likes of him. And my dad's in his seventies, man. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really enjoyed it. XQ killed it. Um, uh, Amifaku was dope. Um, I left during black motion because I am now, I'm now old. I'm now old, but I, I actually really enjoyed it. The it was well organized. The the entrance was smooth. Uh, everything was the my, the only usual annoying thing is you have to get drinks tickets to get drinks at the bar, and then you can't refund the drinks tickets. So you have to buy the amount. It's just like a little bit annoying. Um, the food stands had a lot of my only critique. The food, most of the food stands were like stadza, um, you know, like meals that you can't really eat. Yeah, you get what I mean. Like, oh, so, so there was no like finger food. There was uh. they, they were there, but there was so there was like maybe two burger stands for the almost ten thousand people there. No, but I think there were three burger stands because there was one on the other side. So at some point on Saturday, the queues were wild at the burgers. So I, I remember I went to get a burger, and I was like, I can't stand in a queue for the burger. And then I was like, let me just see what other stands are here. I was like, you know, over here it's like loaded fries. Sounds delicious. It's just going to be really difficult to eat. Wait, they didn't give you a fork? No, they gave you a, maybe they did. I don't know. I didn't order it. <laughs> I didn't order it. I was in my head. I was just thinking it's going to be difficult to, you know, yay, homeless, homeless. And you're eating salsa. You know what I mean? <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> <laughs> I suppose it fits. Having salsa, like salsa and like, that'd be well good, like salsa and oxtail. <laughs> like right in the front there, right by the by the Are stage. You on the boat? <laughs> no, I mean, the, to, to their credit, they did have a space to sit down, so they had quite a few like benches and tables and benches and whatever. But like you're at a festival, you know, I mean, you don't want to sit at the benches and tables. You want to get what you want to get and then go back to where the music is. So that's very mild. I would say the more finger foods, the better. But I, I suppose some people probably enjoy the salsa, so it's it's just a personal preference. But well, otherwise, I was, salsa would make sense. Like during the day, if there's benches, and I saw the haystacks, like during yeah. the day. So maybe it was for the daytime because it was, yeah. it did start in the afternoon. I only went in the evening. I had, uh, yeah, I had other plans in the afternoon. Um, yeah, but overall, it was a great experience. I really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. Also got to see Beefy. You remember Beefy? Not, not Hip Hop Awards Beefy, but like my high school friend Beefy. Yes, B- Beefy used to stay up the road from our old place. I used to see him on my morning jogs. I don't know if he's still there. Uh, no, no, I think he's moved. Mm. So yeah, I mean, uh, shout out to Beefy. It was good catching up, and mm-hmm. it's good catching. Literally two days of catching up. Oh, nice. Sat with them the whole two days. Uh, and, uh, That's yeah. good, man. Is he, is he good? Is he doing good? He is doing good. He's doing good. He's doing good now. He went through a bit of a rough time, but he's yeah, doing good. Doing it's good. good to you, man. It's good to you. Um, uh, the other thing that I found interesting is in the general because there's no real VIP at Jack Random Music Festival. There's a corporate tents where yeah, which are way in the back. Yeah, and that's if you've been invited through the sponsor. So if you are part of 
whatever sponsor team and whatever, fine, you'll be in those sort of like tented areas. But in general, there's no VIP. Everyone's just in the same space. So it was funny kind of interacting with, I remember I walked past, I was like, is that Baba Harare? Just kind of chilling here. Mm, cool. <laughs> I walked past Anita Jackson as well at a brief conversation. It was just funny to see. I think that's the dope thing about Jaguar. Yeah. That's the dope like thing. You would consider them as shame. Baba Harare was, had no peace. It's just, everyone was just coming up to him for selfies and whatever. But it was funny to just see him standing there. Oh, I told you the story already. I, I really I wrote this down. <clears throat> so, um, part of the reason why we were away, part of the reason is because I had a trip to South Africa. So I just wanted to quickly talk about a couple of things that happened there. So first of all, here's some backstory. So, um, I was taking a bit of a vacation. I was going to go visit my wife's family in South Africa. Uh, we had a trip planned. We were going to go down, uh, like down the garden route. Cool. The day we were supposed to be traveling was the day after the floods that happened in the Western Cape. So it was this weird sort of like, okay, let's go early in the morning, get in the cars. Na, 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 na. And you're looking on the sides of the roads. You know, I, I remember I was scrolling through like um, in the morning, I was scrolling through news like, yo, flooding in Western Cape. I was like, yo, damn it. And I mean, it had rained, somewhat heavy rain, but it didn't, it, it didn't feel to me like it was anything out of the ordinary. But I guess it rained the whole night or something. So I was, I was on Twitter. I was like, yo, flooding in the Western Cape. I was like, yo, I wonder where that happened. So we're driving, we're driving. We, we go past a, um, like Somerset area. Dude, it was wild seeing the, the highway is slightly raised. And then on the side, you're seeing houses just completely flooded. And it's just happened, you know? So families are like, they're like moving their belongings out of the house. Um, I was watching pets. Uh, there was one house we went past where like the dogs, they had multiple dogs on the dining room table while they're trying to take things out of their house. And we drive a little bit like, yo, the flooding is really bad. We drive a little bit, the road is closed. You can't go this way. There's been mudslides, the road's washed away, whatever. Okay, we need to recalculate, try an alternative route. And you know, Cape Town, you drive long way. We spent the whole day just doing alternative routes, alternative routes, alternative routes until we, until we reached the evening. We were essentially stuck in some town because the way we had come ended up being closed behind us. So we were stuck in Hermanus uh, um, and it was just such a wild, I don't know, it's wild that we're on holiday in a place where people are literally struggling with their livelihoods and homes and, and whatever being washed away. So you're on holiday in Africa is what I'm hearing. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was just a wild, I, I remember uh, um, when, I, when I was writing down some notes about what to talk about, I was like, oh, I just want to apologize to people that were in South Africa, but hey man, I don't know, you just got to appreciate the things you have in life, man, because it can, any day, it can just go, it can just go. So appreciate those things. Anyway, another thing. So I've known that there, there's a lot of colored people in Cape Town, Right. What I didn't know was that the majority of the Western Cape is colored people. What I also didn't know was the extent of, I guess, struggle and poverty and so on. I don't know. I just didn't think, I guess in my head, I had the concept of colored people in Zimbabwe, Right. Which is, yeah, I mean, you, you, you have some rich, some poor, whatever, but it's very, not... Very different, yeah. It's extremely different. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know, it was like... So, while spending a bit of time, 
I guess I, I guess I don't know. It's, it's, you know, it's like a feeling of eyes being opened. Like, yo, hang on. What's the deal with colored people in the Western Cape? It's a whole story. Like, I started doing some research and reading and this history of, like, the Malay people and slavery and what. I'm like, yo, this is a whole, it's different. It's different to the colored people here. And there was a very wild conversation. I asked my wife. I was like, wait, okay. All my life, I think I've seen there's a societal strata of white people generally being at the top. They're more likely to be uh, successful, rich, whatever. Colored people somewhat benefit a little bit from the racial situation that exists because they're lighter skinned, uh, but they also don't get all the full benefits. And then at the bottom, black people in the structure that has been put in place by this racial history. Is it the same here? She's like, nah. At least in the Western Cape, black people are more likely to be successful and make their way out of power. It's still obviously very difficult and they still suffer the same struggles. But the colored people in Western Cape, it's a whole different story. And that was just like a wild, I, I am looking forward to reading more on that because it's, I don't know why it's just, you know, when you've seen life a certain way your whole life and then it just mm. flips. I'm, I'm glad to see you're, you're finally, you know, traveling and you're seeing, seeing things. There's, wait, wait till you understand like, the majority of people that work on these wine farms and how much they get paid, no. especially the, these so-called um, fair fair labor, fair trade organizations that run these wine, they literally pay these laborers. They don't give them accommodation or they do and it's abysmal and they pay them in, in wine. In wine yeah. or if they're lucky, tens of rands or like offals for food. It's bad. I've I've also come across that information. So I think it's not... You know, it's different when you travel and when you're, so I was there now with the benefit of not necessarily just being on holiday, but it's almost like a second home. You know what I mean? So it's not just holiday. I don't know. It's just, you see things differently. On my way back, um, I flew through Joburg and at the Joburg airport, I happened to bump into Jack Razor. Uh, we were going to be on the same flight. Quick exchange. I wouldn't claim that we're friends, but we're friendly. Um, I was going, Gigi, what, what, what? Cool. He was sitting a little bit away from, so, you know, there's the, the, the just as you're about to board, you're, you're, there's seating area at the gate. So he was sitting way, but he was basically sitting at another gate, which was where there was no one. And it just got me thinking like, it must be really difficult for celebrities in Zim and maybe Africa and generally poorer countries where celebrity doesn't necessarily mean millionaire, multimillionaire. You know what I mean? Because Japraza is famous. He's pretty well off in general standards, but not like global celebrities. He's not, he's not doing private plane. You know what I mean? He doesn't have his own jet or flying private. We shouldn't. Private plane should not exist, but yeah. Yes, of course. But I mean, he's not doing that. I'm looking at you, Taylor. If I can afford it, I, look, I'm not the one who put in place the system. Anyway. And it just made me think like, it must be tough because when I was, when I went to go sit down, uh, back at the gate, like people were just chatting among themselves, you hear whispers, oh, you see your you see your and again, like there were several people going up to him to ask for selfies and whatever. And it must've been a bit awkward for him. Anyway, we got on the flight. Thankfully he was in business class because I would have felt some type of way if he wasn't. So he's, he's over there, you know, sitting at the, that side. Then when we land, 
he had to wear a face mask, like one of those that hides like almost your whole face. And then you had to wear a hoodie and whatever and whatever. I was like, man, have you seen how tall your praise is? <laughs> no, but, but the thing is, you won't be able to confirm. You're like, is that- <laughs> <laughs> so then when we arrive at the airport, there's again, there's people like, is that your praise? I don't know, is that your praise? I was like, man, I wonder what happens in like the States. You know what I mean? Where like say the LA airport or something, you know what I mean? In any given day, there's probably multiple celebrities. Some of them are obviously multimillionaires, but surely not all of them. Some of them, like if, if Glorilla catches a flight, she's probably not flying private. You know what I mean? Maybe she is. I don't know. Maybe she's reached that level, but she's still famous enough that people are going to hound her and want selfies and whatever. It just got me thinking as well. Like, I don't know how it would work. Life of celebrity is tough. Anyway, final thing I wanted to talk about. I wanted to ask you about Choco Festival. Mm-hmm. How did it go? I wasn't there and I was kind of sad I missed it. Um, to be honest, I was also, I was working throughout. So I, I only attended um, for, for Jordan set uh, As you know, like uh, we're now managing Jordan Muzi. So this was actually his first performance in Zim. So it was really, it was really dope. He shut it down. Performance was a little short, was cut short because of time constraints. Um, yeah, I think like without being too harsh, I think um, I've seen Shoko deliver better. I think the way that they structured the show, especially that mashup nights on a Thursday, it, like a Thursday night already is tough. And mm. then you're now running past 10 p.m. Yeah, no, it's tough. P- people have to go back. Like people are like, "Yo, I've got, I've got school to, I'm, I'm school work, whatever tomorrow." Mm. So that that had an impact. I think they were trying to do too much into that one night. Plus, also now it's no longer a dedicated venue. They're actually doing it at Motor Republic, which is a smaller set, smaller stage. So, um, yeah. I mean, it, it was dope for Jordan. It was dope to see him. So shout out, shout out them for booking Jordan. But um, yeah. Mm. I would have been interested out of a profession, just out of academic curiosity, let's say, I would have been interested to see the, the roast nights. But anyway. no, I, we had tickets, funny enough, like we had tickets and then um, a listener was supposed to come and get him because I'd offered them in the group oh. and then they never did. So I just sat on them and then there's another listener who was going to get tickets from that person because I was just, I was so busy. I, I couldn't go drop him off at the box office. And then they were like, I know, it's fine. I just bought. So we, in fact, we should, we'll call them up and find out. But I had no interest in attending that roast. Well, this weekend there's uh, the Fiesta Fiesta Nasty Fee and Casper Your Vest show, as well as the Ira Star and uh, Tammy Moyer show, uh, the Sunshine Cup. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I guess. Where, where are we going then? Which, which one are you going to? Well, I've only got tickets to the one. So, have, you, have you actually got them? Have, are they, are I, I should be receiving them tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yeah. Have, you, have you also requested mine? Ruby, yeah. you said you, you got me covered. So yeah, I haven't. I don't I haven't... Know. Why are you revealing these on public platforms? Don't worry, man. Don't worry. We'll be there. I don't trust <laughs> you. Because I should I phone him. I, don't I, phone, I did phone Chucky, by the way. And, and I told him, listen, man, I want to be backstage. But anyway, he said, cool, cool, cool. Oh, that's another thing I'll explain yeah. after the show. But yeah, it's cool. That's dope. Yeah, Omar is coming as well. So shout out to Hidden Culture. Um, yeah, I think. I think everything else we are, is pretty good. I think we need to head out because I just. Dan, we've got, we've got a client that's on us right now. <laughs> yep. Um. So, yeah, man. Shout out to you guys. We're we're back. We're we're trying to figure out a couple of things with regards to being more consistent, and then also stuff in December. So we already spoke to some listeners. We're gonna have a get together this December, definitely. Just need to sort out the dates. Um. And then, I think, yeah, 
will also be outside quite a bit more in the next few weeks. So thanks for the patience, guys. We appreciate you. We'll be back soon. And also, please, um, don't forget to rate us. Don't forget to review us. Hit us up on the socials. Give us some feedback. We've obviously, as I'm sure you guys noticed, we've taken a little step back from social media because it's just a mess right now. We don't even know if Twitter's going to exist in a few months. So the best way to stay in touch with us is to either become a patron or just subscribe to our newsletter. It's at twobooktimbers.com forward slash subscribe. <laughs> or just hit that link in our bio. We've got that super link that, that takes you directly to it. Please, if you can, we'd love to stay in contact with you because social media is changing in a big way. We'd hate to lose touch with all you guys. Or just stay locked to the RSS feed. We'll always um, post updates there. Uh, is there anything else there? Um, no, I guess, uh, just the reminders to everyone to, Hey, keep, just be kind, man. Be kind to everyone. You don't know what people are going through. And also if someone asks you about something you don't know, just tell them you don't know. If you have an opinion on something that you don't have details on, please share your opinion with the caveat that you don't have more details and your opinion might change if you've got more details because I'm tired. I'm tired of the takes. I'm tired. I'm tired. Uh, Crims maybe puts uh, put the dopest song from St. Flo's new album mm. at the oh, end. Oh, yeah. There's also a sh- shout out to um, Earl Sweatshirt. They were, uh, one of our listeners I had highlighted that he's got a, a poem. I thought you said Earl Sweatshirt was one of our listeners. <laughs> I was he, might like, <laughs> he might be. He might be. There, there's, a, there's some Shona, in, uh, there's a Shona poem at the end of the, the first track on his, his EP that dropped. I was listening to that. Let's see. I'm, I'm, I'm just going through the stuff I've been listening to, man. That new Flame project. Shout out to Bla. Bla's mm-hmm. part of Flame's team. Shout out yeah. to Soko. Oh, yeah. Soko's around. Um, I was in the studio. It was actually... We should swing by there soon, Dad. Actually, yeah, let's go. Ahead. Brian, so when, when, when are we going to have the time to do that? But anyway, let's go. We, we can, like right now, last week is the time I, I went, I went <laughs> to Philip. <see. laughs> right now. Can you see the time? This is the time you're guaranteed to get him. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's all right. You know what? I'll just follow on Instagram. It's all right. <laughs> but yeah, man. So sh- shout out to y'all. Um, we'll play out with that. In fact, wait, there's another song that's, that just dropped that I'm feeling. I've really been in my music discovery bag this week. You know, nothing like moving and just like spending time organizing boxes and stuff will, will have you, will just force you to just listen to music. You know? Yeah, but Phil is a hoarder. I, uh, I'm actually not. I'm actually very American. Like I, I collect stuff, but I get rid of it very easily. So, it's the, you know, there's the new dragon. Oh, all the stuff is fire, but it's, it's also, it's not Zimbabwe. I'm trying to see what is here that is Zimbabwean or in the region. Listen, we'll add something. We'll let our producer know. In the meantime, you guys have gotten a bumper episode. Uh, and, yeah. Again, sorry for us being away. Oh, yeah, we are looking to be more consistent. And yeah, support. Hey, twobroketumbles.com forward slash donate. I, 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 uh, 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 no, no, no. This is not even a request anymore. Please. Ah, twobroketumbles.com forward slash donate. You can join our Patreon. Minimum $5 a month and you get access to the benefits of being in our Patreon. Uh, one of the most obvious benefits is you get added to our WhatsApp group with our fellow patrons where we have great conversations. So even the time that we were away, we were still going on with conversations. In fact, you know what we didn't even do? We didn't even go through the group and see what was discussed in there, but it's fine. Yeah, we'll do that next week. No, no. I, because we're also going to stop. I think I've been saying it to Dan. I think we we need to start figuring out some like exclusive content just for patrons. Um, even if it's windowed content, we'll, we'll see what to do with that. So yeah, um, shout out to y'all and we'll catch you guys next week. We out. <laughs> Nation.